0: I want to be able to leave something behind for my family to, to basically live off. I don't want them to have nothing. I don't want them to – I don't want to just have enough for my super and, and that's it, you know. Um, I want to be able to give more when I'm not here.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum, and in this episode, we continue the conversation with founder and director of buyer's agency Elite One Property, Peter Tomer. We delve into his personal property strategy and we hear about his current property development and the process behind it, what his main motivating factor is, some of his main inspirations, and much, much more. shares why he moved into property development so early in his investing journey and we learn about the strategy behind this.
0: For many sort of serious investors, uh, professional investors, uh, you know, the buy and hold strategy is going to take you so far. But I think if you want to take it to the next level, then you need to start looking at manufacturing equity. Manufacturing equity can be just through a simple renovation, could be through a subdivision or it could be through um, physically developing a property. It could also be you're buying a block of land and, and you're building on top of that. Um, but for me, I feel as though um, if you're serious about investing, serious about um, building wealth through property, that development is something you're going to get to eventually um, hopefully sooner rather than later for, for, for many of us. Um, there is more risk to it like I suggested um, but the, the financial rewards from an investment perspective can be a lot greater. And when, you've got, when you're manufacturing equity from, from a build and you've got the market moving in a positive direction for you, well, then the growth just compounds even more.
1: I totally agree with you, um, in in an uprising market. But uh, in a in a sort of a flat or a downturn market, how does that strategy still work as well?
0: I think as long as you're buying well, and if you if you're buying in a in a slow market and you're selling in a slow market, that's great. If you're buying in a hot market and selling in a in a hot market or refinancing whichever one, um, that that's okay too. But if you're buying in a hot market and selling in a in a slow market, which you know. Nobody has a crystal ball. So um, the biggest thing is you need to be able to do your feasibility studies properly, do your realistic one, do your conservative do your conservative um, feasibility study and, and do the best case scenario. So you really need to make sure that, you know, if the market was to drop by 20%, what's your return going to be? Do the numbers still stack up? If they are, well, then it's a pretty good sign to go, Hey, even if the market does drop, we're still going to make money and move on to the next development. Um, so yeah, your feasibilities need to be on point and you just need to be able to risk assess that as best as you can.
1: We delve into his current property development project and find out how long he has been working on it.
0: We bought it a couple of years ago. Um, the opportunity was just it was an older older house on, on a quite a sizable block, 15-metre uh, frontage, 45-metres long, um, so, so pretty big uh, in terms of depth. And the opportunity for that was just simply to, to buy it, to build it and to build a duplex on it. They're the kinds of properties that you can sort of build in those areas um, for that size block, uh, for that particular zoning. So that's the opportunity that we found and we, and we took it.
1: Toma told us that he purchased his property in the Sutherland Shire and explains why he chose that area over many others in Sydney.
0: That particular one just worked well within our budget and, and the return that we were looking at. Um, you could probably get better returns in, in different areas, the price point's probably a little bit higher. Um, so for us at that time it was mainly around the price point um, to purchase the land to, to do that uh, specific development. So at the time the, the land cost us about 1.2 million and then obviously you got your closing costs on top of that. We were funding the build ourselves. And, and through an owner builder, so the the build cost isn't as high as I guess some of the other commercial builders. But all in all, we're probably looking after we build and refinance, we're probably looking at about a about a fifteen percent return, which you know I think in the scheme of things isn't isn't too bad. Um, ideally, you want twenty plus, but um, I think in the current market, that's that's a good result.
1: Basically, you are able to sell those duplexes off individually for roughly how much in the area? If that was the case,
0: if we were to sell, we're looking um, ranges from anywhere between sort of 1.2 to 1.4, 1.4 million for each for each duplex. Um, it really depends on how many bedrooms and level of finish, but that's probably the range. 1.1 to 1.4 is probably the range in that area. Yeah.
1: We delve into what he plans to do once the property development is complete.
0: I think with the current climate, I think we'll just see what happens. Uh, we're, we're expected to finish soon, so it just depends on if the market's going to take a dip or not. Yeah, for us, it's just a bit of a wait and see game right now.
1: So, when is it due to complete?
0: Looking to have it finished in the next sort of three to four months.
1: We jump into the process side of things, and Toma talks us through the steps he has had to take to get a project like this done.
0: Our oh, day approval was a nightmare. Uh, Just just council, council just took forever to approve our plans. I think it took us eight months to get approval. When you're paying interest for eight months for nothing, it's a very very frustrating process and I'm sure a lot of people who've done it before can sort of agree with that. But um, yeah, look, from the process, I think you need to be clear of the council requirements, what you can and can't build on specific size blocks no matter what the real estate agent tells you in terms of you can build this, you can build that, they'll always tell you it's subject to council approval um, so you really need to be sure. From there, uh, we engage somebody to do, do up the plans for us, submit the, submit the plans for approval and that in itself is a bit tricky because you need to sort of I guess have an idea of what you want to build, level of finish, the style of property, you got to make sure you got all your ratios right in terms of um, landscape and hard stand, and you need to be sure what you can and can't build in that in that space. And then once the approvals go in, um, or once the design goes in, so for approval, uh, from that point, it's just a waiting game. Honestly, it's just a waiting game. During that time, you can talk to builders, get pricing from them as well. The council will want to know your estimated budget for, um, for, for your build costs as well, so you need to be across that. And then once you do get approval, um, that's all hands on deck. You just you've got to get started as quickly as you possibly can. There's obviously specific gates in between or during construction where you got to get private certifiers out or council out to come and get it, you know, to get the tick to keep going. The build is actually probably the, the quickest part um, if you know what you're doing. Um, it's, the, it's the research, it's the upfront um, research, it's the um council requirements it's a da application which takes a long time
1: We discussed the process of figuring out what the land could be used for and who he could seek help from to get it developed
0: Yeah we just spoke to an architect um, looked up the council regulations myself I was comfortable enough but then when the architect looked at it they said it was okay as well I just I knew it would be fine and there was other developments in the area going up as well so having a look at those and seeing what they got approved which is all public information, allows you to be comfortable with that decision.
1: Coming up after the break, we talk about the best advice he has received that still inspires him.
0: Don't let anybody else control your future. You are in complete control. Yeah, things will happen but it's up to you to decide what's going to happen from there.
1: What are some of his plans for the future?
0: I'd love to be able to share my knowledge, um, show them different strategies that might be applicable to them and really sort of, I guess that's my way of giving back is passing on what I've learned to others now.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Toma was able to bring his parents in to help build the property, but there are a lot of smaller building companies that can do a good job for you.
0: I wouldn't discount people going to to, to smaller builders in general. I think that they can provide a lot of value and can show a lot more care for your product. Um, going to some of these larger commercial builders, they've got like the specific trades they're going to use, they're all about. Cash and money, and they want to get in and get out as quickly as possible. and may not take the same level of care for the quality, because um, if, if, if it's your home, you want it to you want it to be nice. You want it to to feel nice. You want the things that you're after. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount smaller builders out there um, looking to to build if you are looking to build a home or even an investment property, because they will they will look after you.
1: Next, we delve into the mindset behind his success and we find out what his main motivating factor is.
0: The biggest one is I don't wanna work for someone for the rest of my life. So that that's number one. And the second thing is i when I leave this world, I wanna be able to leave something behind for my family to to basically live off. I don't want them to have nothing. I don't want them to I don't wanna just have enough for my super and and that's it, you know, um, I want to be able to give more when I'm not here. So that's one of the biggest drivers um, for me. The, the, the other part of it is, um, you know, coming from a background where my parents didn't grow up in Australia, they came here with nothing. And for me to just basically, I wouldn't say waste my life, but not build upon what they've already given me in terms of a good life. For me, it would be disappointing.
1: Taking that first step can sometimes be the hardest and we hear about what held him back initially before jumping into his property journey.
0: I think initially, it was, do I have enough money for it? I thought I needed to have like 20%. I thought I needed to buy in Sydney. And so, back then, you know, it's still relatively big money. Knowing what I know now is you don't have to you don't have to buy in Sydney, you don't have to have a 20% deposit. There's other ways around that to get into the market and if you need to borrow a little bit more to do that, well then I think that's it and, and as long as you can support the cash flow then um, that's that's the main thing as long as you're in the market but yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that was stopping me back then.
1: We get some amazing book recommendations and learn about some of the people that have been a big influence for Toma.
0: Margaret Lomas, I've read a few of her books. Um, like I said, Michael Yardney, they're, they're probably main to, I guess, look up to and, and, and read about. Other than that, everyone has a bit of a different strategy. So like people like Chris Gray, who's very into buying, renovating and using the equity to, to do more um, and using equity to live your lifestyle, some people don't necessarily agree with that theory. But you know they're the sort of three that I look to and say, you know, These are some really, really great strategies that these guys are implementing um, and I absorbed a lot of knowledge from those guys. They probably don't know it but it's just the material that they've been producing over the years.
1: We delve into the best piece of advice that he has ever received.
0: Oh, the best advice? The best advice I've ever received has got to be you are in control of your future don't let anybody else control your future. You are in complete control. Yeah, things will happen but it's up to you to decide what's going to happen from there. Um, It's up to you to find a way whether that be through your own passion, skill, drive or going out there and finding advice from other people. As badly as you want it, you'll, you'll find a way to get it.
1: A lot of people are creatures of habit and we discuss what are some of the habits that might have contributed to his success.
0: One of the things, as I mentioned before, had that issue with the property management. Since then, I've always been diligent in checking my rental statements as they come in because it's so easy to just assume that they're going to come in and the rent's coming in and there's no issues. Sometimes managing agents do things without your permission because they think it's okay even if it's a small amount of money. Um, So, just a habit of checking your rental statements that everything's coming in. Checking your portfolio, where everything's at in terms of equity, debt and your finance every 6 to 12 months.
1: If he could go into the past and give himself some advice, what would it be?
0: Why didn't you buy more properties? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I would have said whatever you've got, just start investing. Start investing now. Hindsight is great. I think you just got to go for it. No one is going to determine your future, you can determine your future.
1: We find out some of the goals that Toma is looking forward to achieving in the very near future.
0: I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing um, from the development side of things, keen to continue um, doing that but I'm also really, really excited to be able to share my knowledge um, and help other investors do what I've done. And if people are out there looking to build a a wealth um, base through property, I'd love to be able to share my knowledge, um, show them different strategies that might be applicable to them and really sort of, I guess that's my way of giving back is passing on what I've learned to others now.
1: There are many agencies and strategies out there for us to choose from, but we hear why Thomas Strategies stands out from the rest.
0: I think the biggest thing is that we recognize that not everybody's strategy is going to be exactly the same um, you can read all the books that you want but at the end of the day everybody has a different financial situation a different appetite for risk everybody's at a different stage in their lives some are single some are young couples with no kids people with kids older older people um, you know above 60 that still want to invest um, so they're going to have different strategies and different models that need to be implemented for them and and then that's one thing that we do is we really look at people's specific scenarios and situations, and tailor that advice, that solution for them. So not so their strategy isn't going to be the same as the next person.
1: Last and final question for you, Peter: is How much of your success is due to skill, intelligence, and hard work, and how much of it is because of luck?
0: Luck definitely plays a part. You know, I was lucky that I was born when I was born, and I was at a specific age where I had saved enough money because been, I'd been working and I got into the market in 2011, late 2011 when things started to ramp up. So, you know, that part of it is luck. But, you know, after that comes the skill, the knowledge, the tenacity, the desire to keep learning, to keep going. Because um, so many people can just buy one property and just stop and think that's enough. That's okay. I've got my investment property. I'm good. But if you want to keep going, if you want to build a future, a wealth base, You need to educate yourself, you need to put in the hard work, you need to learn, you need to be able to have those conversations with different investors, different um, managing agents, real estate agents, um, and when you're doing your research. So I think luck definitely plays a part in it. In terms of percentage, I reckon I'm going to say 20%. 20% luck, everything else comes from your own hard work and mindset.
1: Thank you to Peter Tomer, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com.